Praise the Lord. Glory to God. John Poindexter, come up here for just a minute. Glory to God. Man, I'll tell you, just talking about Father's Day and uh, Zane, he wore this to uh, the other night, or he wore it the other day to work or the other night. Anyway, this is John's, uh, his own logo, his own shirt. But uh, man, you can talk to him. Men, I would get this if I was you. It's WW. It means wage war against fear, weakness, unbelief, excuses, self-doubt, lies, hate, and selfishness. Come on. It's time to wage war. It's time to stand firm against all of those things and rise up in righteousness. I don't know the story behind all of it. I'll have to figure that out. But I know it's his. He's making them. Uh, he tells me they're soft T-shirts. They wick away sweat and all that stuff. So John's sitting over there. So if you want one, if you want to buy one for your dad, if you want to buy one for your husbands, if guys, if you just want to buy one, rush over to that corner by that camera afterwards and find out how you can buy one. But I think those are super cool, man. Way to go. Well, I'll buy it from you. You don't. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So I just, I saw him over there while we were worshiping. I know I'm supposed to be looking to God, but I was looking around. And um, anyway, I think that is just super cool. Uh, I don't know the story behind it, how he came up with it. But uh, man, if we're wearing those around, it's, it's a conversation piece. Uh, and uh, I mean, it just shows that, you know, we're, we're going to rise up. We're going to make a difference. Amen. And uh, really, that's what we're talking about. We started just a couple of weeks ago, the church on undeniable. God really wants us to become an undeniable force. Really, the back, back story of this, as you know, is we were moving into COVID last year, and there was so much. We were moving into elections, and, and people just in general were just getting mad and defiant, and even the church was just getting defiant about things. And, and the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me. He said, I don't want the church to be defiant. I want them to be an undeniable force in the earth. Thank you for your enthusiasm. An undeniable force. See, it's easy to be defiant. It's easy to go, ah, you can't tell me. I know I, I just remember, I won't go too long into this because I don't have that much time. But I just remember about this time last year, everybody's like, the government can't tell us whether we can go to church or not. And I was praying about that. And the Spirit of God said, the government didn't have to keep people out of church. Circumstances keep people out of church. The lake keeps people out of church. Recreation keeps people out of church. See, we're defiant about something that really we don't need to be defiant about. We need to look at our own hearts. But I'll tell you what, if people were coming and hearing the word and going out and really setting culture by the word of God, we'd be undeniable. We wouldn't have to be defiant. It would be undeniable that our lives are different. And that's what God really wants for us is that uh, a place where we live in an undeniable way. Mark, or Matthew, the 16th chapter, Jesus asked this question of his disciples. He said, who, men, who do men say that I am? And they went on to say that some believe that you're Elijah, some believe that you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. And Jesus said, now you know what people are saying. He said, well, who do you say that I am? We always as Christians need to really begin to understand and, and go through our life. You know, you might say, I'm a Christian. I made Jesus the Lord of my life some time ago. But you know what? We can get distracted and start saying, you know what? Jesus is who I want him to be. Jesus does the things that I want him to do. But really, we need to answer the question, who do we say that he is? And after he said that, Peter piped up and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. From now on, your name will be Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not 
prevail against it. And he said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom so that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What was he talking about? He was talking about building his church on the revelation that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said on that revelation and establishing that revelation and all that it means to us, the gates of hell undeniably would not be able to prevail against the church that Jesus was building. And he said, it'll be undeniable, so undeniable that I will give you authority that whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Other translations say, whatever God has already bound in heaven, you'll have the power and authority to bind it on the earth. And whatever God has already loosed in heaven, you, the church, will have authority to loose it on the earth. He said, you can stop the kingdom of darkness from encroaching on the earth and in people's lives. And he says, you can loose the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. That your prayer might be effective, that it's not my will, but thy will to be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. And when God's revealed, when that, that heaven comes and touches earth, it'll be undeniable that there is a cooperation with heaven and earth through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not falling behind. Romans chapter 12 Verse 1 says this, it says uh, that we should give our life a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. I believe in 2020 with all that was going on, with the politics, with the, the virus and all that stuff, if we weren't careful, we were being changed. We were being brought into the mentality, the defiance, the anger, the division that the world was pushing upon people. And without even thinking about it, the enemy was conforming us to an image that did not look like Jesus Christ. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that we the church might prove or put to the test by action what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's just something that really God wants to take place that we are not changed by the world around us, but we change the world around us. That we are influencers more than being influenced by things around us, we are influencers in the world. If we're not careful, people will come and say, you know what? All this has happened. It's time to, to power down just a little bit, to relax a little bit. It's been, 2020 was a tough year. Let's just take a break. That's just the world. God says, I take no pleasure in those who draw back. If the world is drawing back, now is the time for the church to advance and to rise up. As we see darkness and deception and lies of the enemy taking place, he said darkness would cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but they would be drawn to the brightness of the rising of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who would rise with the glory of the Lord being seen upon them. God has a greater glory for his church to stand up and to arise in. We can't rise in that place if we're allowing the world to tell us what to do, when to relax and when to stand up, when to be busy and when not to be busy, when to spend and when not to spend, when to be happy, when to be sad. can't follow the course of this world. It is that which dictates those who are still following and sons of disobedience. We once walked that way, but no longer do we walk according to the course of this world, which is dictated by the prince of the power of the air. But we now walk according to the kingdom of heaven, which is led and dictated by the Holy Spirit of God and governed by God's word. Amen? And so we started out this series of messages talking about the church undeniable because we have an undeniable 
leader. We broke out the scripture to talk about our leader, Jesus, and how he is undeniably the leader and the head of his church. His church that he's the head of, in which we are his body, we are designed to be the fullness of him who fills everything with himself. So we, the church, are to go out in every area. I said this, that, that if we took all of you here and all of Second Service and we begin to spread you out, we pretty much cover the valley in different professions, in different places. And if you think about it, if we live in the life of God, he strategically said, listen, the works that I do, Greater works than these you do also because I go to my Father because I've put on this flesh and I'm limited to be in one place at one time. But I'm going to have a body that can be all over the earth at any given time spreading the life and the truth that I have all over the place. My body, the fullness of him who fills everything with all of himself. So we get to be vessels filled up with all that he is and all that he has so that wherever we go, we have life and we have it to the overflow and that our life is overflowing with his life and it starts to fill up every place that we are. That God is preparing us right now for what he's prepared for us. So when we go to that place and we arrive there, we begin to occupy that place and we begin to fill it with all that God has put within it. We begin to fill it with joy. We begin to fill it with peace. We begin to fill it with wisdom and understanding. We begin to fill it with the power of God. Wherever we are, we have the fullness of him to fill up wherever we are. His plan is to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of of the Lord. Amen. We have an undeniable leader. And so last week, I was so thankful Jonathan uh, uh, took and broke down uh, the undeniable word of God. And he brought the history of the undeniable word of God to us and how many people wrote it and how it continued, how people tried to extinguish it and could not do that. The word of God is so amazing. It's so large that we're going to have to have the undeniable word part two. The undeniable word, part two. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The New King James says it like this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction. For doctrine, for reproof, correction. In our society today, we're like, no, I don't want that. I want to come to church, and I just want to hear some instruction and encouragement. But all scripture is given by God, and it's profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many would you like? How many of you would you like to be complete and thoroughly equipped? Come on, wherever you go, you're thoroughly equipped to handle it. it says this is what the Scripture will do for you. The Scripture will do for you. Now, again, we'll, we'll get into this undeniable spirit of God, so stay with me. I'm not just unbalanced, but let's just lay the foundation first. He doesn't say you're thoroughly equipped after you get a hook of a shundai and whoo. He says you're thoroughly equipped through the scriptures that lead us and guide us and teach us the ways of God. What God did for us, how he created us to live with him and for him and by him and through him. He says we'll be thoroughly equipped in every good work. The Passion Translation says it like this. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. 
It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Come on now, these are some powerful words. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 in the Message Bible says this, Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. Come on, he says, I'm going to give you some undeniable things to do, but I'm going to give you undeniable instruction through my Word then I'll give you undeniable power. I've given you an undeniable leader. There's something incredible that is taking place and going on. Praise the Lord. I want to just build a little bit on what uh, uh, Jonathan talked about, this undeniable accuracy of the word. He said it couldn't be snuffed out. It couldn't be put out. But I'm just going to read from this. Can't say it any better than this. Uh, John Bevere uh, quoted a study that was taken in the mid-1900s by a scientist uh, named Peter Stoner, and he published a book that Science Speaks. And uh, really, he did this uh, uh, study about the probability of Scripture. And so I'm just going to read it. It says, the manuscripts for Science Speaks has uh, been carefully reviewed by a committee of the American Scientific Affiliation members and by Executive Council of the group uh, that has been uh, founded in, found in general to be dependable and accurate in regard to scientific uh, material presented. The mathematical analysis included is based upon principles of probability, which are thoroughly sound, and Professor Stoner has applied these principles in a proper and convincing way. Says Stoner did not perform, uh, perform this study, but drew conclusions from over 600 science students from 12 different classes. He carefully weighed their findings and then edited portions to make their data more conservative. Their initial assessment included the following eight prophecies. So really, if you don't know, just really quickly, the probability is this. If you put uh, uh, nine tennis balls in a bucket and one white tennis ball to reach in there blindfolded and, and pick out the white tennis ball, your probability is one in 10. Right, and so he's doing... He begins with just just eight prophecies. He said the probability of just eight prophecies of Jesus being fulfilled. Uh, uh, he says along this line, these eight prophecies that he, he lists here, and you can, you can get the book, Good or God, we have it in the bookstore uh, if you don't have it. But it, uh, the probability of just eight of these coming to pass is one with 17 zeros behind it. So it goes beyond billions. Then he goes on and says that what would the probability be um, if you just fulfilled 16 of the prophecies about Jesus were fulfilled? Prophecy that was spoken thousands of years before that one man would fulfill the prophecies. If just 16 of these were fulfilled, the probability of that happening would be one with 45 zeros behind it. He goes on to write this in order to extend this consideration beyond all bounds of human comprehension. Let us consider 48 prophecies. 
And that probability would be a one with 157 zeros behind it. So John says it like this. He says, so, let's, so let me summarize. We have over 300 prophecies penned by different men in different locations from various countries, written over hundreds of years, and all fulfilled in one man. How could anyone deny that the true author of Scripture is God himself? Come on, over 300 prophecies that one man, Jesus Christ, fulfilled. They were spoken thousands of years before. We have this undeniable word of God that God saw the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And that might wow you and to understand that. But he said, listen, I am God. And I've written these things down. And I see the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And I know all. And I, what I've spoken to you is absolute truth. And so if he knew the beginning from the end for redemption and salvation, he knows the beginning from the end for your life and for my life. And he has already spoken into that situation. And what he spoken into that situation, he breathed on men of old to pin the word of God so that that word of God would come to life for us and be valid and valuable and applicable to any situation of our life as the spirit of God applied it and gave us wisdom concerning that. It's undeniably true. It's undeniably true powerful this word of god is so accurate jesus said this in matthew the 24th chapter 35th verse he said heaven and earth will pass away but my words will by no means pass away will by no means pass away we have this undeniable word this word that comes off of the page it was breathed by the Spirit of God. And when you and I got born again, the Spirit, the same Spirit that breathed on men of old, the same Spirit that breathed revelation upon these men of old, that same Spirit that breathed this Word, that had it penned, came to live on the inside of you and I. And he said, everything that, that God has planned for your life, every supernatural revival, every supernatural move of God, every supernatural thing that we think about, it all is founded and grounded based on this living, alive, powerful word of God. See, we want a great move of the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God doesn't do anything separate from the word of God. The word and the Spirit always come into agreement. And the Spirit of God comes to confirm the word of God. As the disciples went out in the first generation, they went out sharing the word of God and the gospel, and, the, and Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, went with them confirming his word with signs following. See, we want signs to proceed, but he said, listen, if you'll go out and build your life on the foundation of my word, he said, there will be a supernatural action that will begin to proceed and confirm this word that I've promised you. There's an action of faith that begins to stir up in our hearts that as we hear the word and we believe that it is undeniably true and undeniably the word of God, that it begins to take root in our heart with a thing called faith. And when faith is spoken out of the mouth, that same word spoken out of a heart of faith, it has the same creative power as on the day that God said, light be and light was. And that's what God wants for us. 
is to know and to believe that this is undeniably the truth of the Word of God. It is so accurate. It is so alive. It is so powerful that when we receive it into our hearts and we unequivocally trust that word that when we speak in line with God and his Holy Spirit that creative power to change situations in our body in our emotions in our circumstance in the life around us and more importantly in the lives of those who don't know Jesus that he's placed us strategically before them to bring the truth of that word with demonstrations of its power that they might be saved Hebrews chapter 4 out of the Passion Translation says, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. See, most people's word is sitting on a nightstand, and they read it to fall asleep at night. Uh-oh, is right. But really, if you understand the word of God and pick it up off of your nightstand, you're more concerned that you won't fall asleep at night. Because it's full of life, it's full of energy, it's full of instruction for our life. And pretty soon I was needing to go to sleep, but now I'm reading the living word of God that's full of energy and full of life and full of instruction. And that which I was worried about, now I have instruction concerning my life. I'm excited about the vision that the word of God is giving me. It says, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit bone and marrow meet it interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart come on we have to consider that because sometimes that's why we don't dig into the word we just read over it to get our our reading time in because we know if we begin to meditate on it it will begin to show up the dividing line between what we want and what god has for us begins to show up what our spirit wants and what our soul and our emotion wants. It begins to show up the difference and begins to penetrate and bring health and healing and soundness of mind and soundness of emotion. It begins to penetrate fully and establish us in God's will for our life. It's undeniably the truth of what God has planned for you and has planned for me. This word of God, it's incredibly alive. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. If we're going to be the church undeniable, we're going to have to understand that the undeniable church lives by the undeniable word of God. That we can't begin to take and give more attention to whatever, you know, uh, uh, CNN says, what Fox News says, what the, the Wall Street Journal says, what the neighbor says. We can't start to give more attention to that, more ear to that, and begin to speak that to everybody. You know what I heard? Did you know what is happening next? Did you know what I heard? We spend more time, even as the church, talking about what we've heard the world say than telling people what the Word of God has said about the situation. We're a little bit worried about being fanatical. When everybody's talking about how bad it could be, what happens if we talk about how good it's going to be and how good it is right now for those who serve the living God? Well, people might think we're fanatical. People might think we're crazy. But if you live what you're saying, if I live what I'm saying, it'll be undeniable that there's something different about you and I than there is about them. 
That when we realize that we've been waiting on God and right now our strength is renewed, that we're mounting up with wings as eagles, that we're ready to run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. He said, you'll come to a day when even the young men will say, come on now, I need a break. But he said, you can be older and have the energy and the spirit of the living God mounting up. Or you can agree with the world and say, you know what? They know more about what they're talking about than God my creator does. And we wouldn't do that on purpose. It's the enemy subtly saying, come on now, they know what they're doing. But God says, I know the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. They only know what they're looking at right now and what they have looked at. I know what is to come. I don't know about you, but I want to know the one who knows what is to come. I already know where I've been, and I know where I am, but I want to know where he's taken me. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, he says, my son, great for Father's Day, fathers, we can say that, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, don't just be standing there having words, but incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Listen, he said this word undeniably, undeniably. I know some people say, well, I tried it. No, you can't try it. That's not undeniable. To totally put your trust in this word, it says it will be health to your flesh, and strength to your bones. How do we become undeniable? We put our trust in this undeniable word, and this undeniable word, which is alive, and it's powerful, and it's full of energy, and we understand that this word is full of energy. This is not just words on a page. This has the DNA of God in it, and when I receive it into my heart, when I receive it in my ear gates, when I receive it in my eye gates, and I let it not just get caught up in my intellect, but I let it drop down into my spirit, then the DNA of this word matches the DNA of the Holy Spirit in my spirit. And when the living word touches the living spirit of God, there's a supernatural life that begins to rise up, a supernatural strength that begins to rise up. See, we allow the word to get caught in our intellect. We allow the word to get caught in our, our past, in our history. We, get, we allow the word to get caught in our yeah, but... I know this is what it says, but, but I've seen and but I've experienced and but someone's told me. But he says, listen, when you get it past the intellect and the experience and the yeah, but, and you let it drop down where the eternal spirit lives in your spirit, where God says, I put eternity in your heart, that the eternal word of God bears witness with your spirit, bears witness with my spirit that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. And since we are sons and daughters, then we're heirs of his, and we're joint heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus had everything at his disposal to accomplish everything he needed to do, to overcome sin and redeem mankind. And you and I have everything that we need to overcome sin and fulfill the will of God in our life.
Praise the Lord. Y'all still with me? Passion Bible says this, John chapter 6, verse 63. It says, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is of no help. The words that I speak, this is Jesus, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. Then he says this, he said, but there are still some of you who won't believe. He said, listen, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives total life. He said, this natural realm is of no help to eternal life at all. So my word is spirit and life. And then he gets a little puzzled and says, with knowing all of that, some of you still have a hard time believing and putting your trust in me. You put your trust in natural things rather than eternal things. Numbers, the 23rd, verse, 23rd chapter of the 19th verse. It says, why in the world would I come this direction? Why would I put my absolute trust in this? Because it's undeniable. When you know God. It says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, and will he not do it? Has he said it, and will he not do it? Come on, if God said it, God will do it. If God said it, he will do it. In Romans, the fourth chapter, again, I'm getting ready to close here. In Romans, the fourth chapter, we see this, that Abraham, if you read the Old Covenant, you can see that Abraham, there was many years, God promised him a son, Isaac. They had made some mistakes, but it had taken many years. And it says this, it says that Abraham would not allow himself to become weak in faith. If we're not careful, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can go through days and we can go through seasons of time. We can go through years like 2020. We can go through seasons where we began with an excitement and a vision of things that God had said to us. But we allow ourselves to get weary with believing that and not seeing it. We allow ourselves to grow weak, as it would say, in faith. But Abraham would not let that happen, and he's called the father of our faith. So it says this, and speaking of Abraham, he says, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, or he did not consider his own circumstance. His own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. Come on, you might look and say, you know what, my dream is dead. God put it in my heart, but this has happened, and I'm just considering the circumstance. I'm considering my situation. I'm, I'm considering the time that it's taken. I'm considering now my age. Am I able to do it? You know, listen, Caleb believed God, and he went in to take his promised land at 80, but God sustained him, and when he went in to take his land at 80, it said that he was as vibrant and as youthful as he was at 40 when he declared, this is our land, let's go up and take it at once. He said, there's something about faith that will preserve you, that will strengthen you, that will keep you. It's an undeniable word from God that will keep you going when you receive the promise of God and say, it's undeniably God and I'm sticking with it. 
Joshua said this after they had established the whole land for the children of Israel and divided his inheritance. He said, look at what God's done for you. You're living in houses that you didn't build. You're eating olives from trees you didn't plant. You're eating grapes from vines that you didn't have. He said, there's still the Amorites out there. There's the Jebusites out there. And he said, listen, I'm just going to tell you something. I wouldn't leave God if I was you because God's done this all for you. God knew the beginning from the end, and he told you exactly what would happen. And he's just reviewing to them. He said, listen, everything that we, God told us would happen when we obeyed him happened. Every enemy was defeated. Every blessing came your way. Every time you needed strength, there was strength. Every time you needed wisdom for battle, there was wisdom for battle. And here's a land that's flowing with milk and honey, and you're living in it as your inheritance. God did it. You didn't do it. God fulfilled his promise. He said, now we're living here, and I'm just telling you, you're going to have to be careful to not leave the Lord your God and forget everything he's done. He said, but you have every right in the world from this point on to serve the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, and their God. But he said, I'm just going to tell you something. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the God who got us here. We're going to serve the one who makes a promise, and when we obey him, he fulfills every single part of that promise. Come on, we want to say God didn't fulfill promises, but he did. As, as Zane said, you can't do 50 and expect God for 100. He said, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I've already got you. I've got the plan. I've got the land. I've got the promises, and every promise that God's ever made us has its yes and it so be it in Christ Jesus. He said he's not being weak, didn't consider his own body already dead to sin. He's about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Here's my wife. She's the problem, God. I know you've never said that, but some have quit and blamed their spouse. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He could have, but he didn't. Instead of wavering, instead of getting weak in faith, instead of getting weary, what did he do? He strengthened himself in faith. How did he strengthen himself in faith? Giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform it. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Come on, listen, when we take the word of God and we say it's undeniably true, these are promises that God has made me. Jesus sealed it by his precious blood. I might not have it in hand right now, but I'm not going to get weary in faith. I'm not going to get weak in faith. I'm going to strengthen myself. How am I going to do that? I'm going to give glory to God. I'm going to remind God that what you promised, you're well able to perform it. And you said in your word that you would do this. And I'm not going to get tired of telling you that I believe what you said, that you're able to perform that which you promised. You are God. God, I'm not God, and your word is truly the truth. He wants us to un- walk in the undeniable reality of that. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, the Amplified Bible says, Then said the Lord to me, You have seen well, for I am, this is God talking of himself, I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. On. He wants us to be undeniably his church. Just look at that. He didn't say he was watching over my opinion to perform it. 
He didn't say, I'm watching over my people to see what they think I should do and then perform what they think I should do. He said, I'm watching over my word that I've spoken to perform it in your life. He didn't say, I'm passively watching over my word. He said, I am actively watching over that someone who will grab my word, believe it, and declare it, I will perform it in their life. Why? Because God wants it to be undeniably that he is your God and you are his son, you are his daughter. He doesn't want there any denying it. He doesn't want anybody coming and saying, yeah, but you know. No, he's always declared about his people. I want to bless you so much that it's undeniable that I'm your God. I want to bless you so much that you, it's undeniable that you obeyed my word and the blessing that is upon your life came from me because you trusted in me. Come on, we can be the church undeniable because we have an undeniable word of God. Undeniable word of God. Undeniable word of God. He said that if you'll confess Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. That your sin would be forgiven your past mistakes would be washed away. He'd break the power of that, unite you with himself in right relationship. That he might be the vine and you the branches, and from that you could produce the fruit of that righteousness through every day of your life. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're watching this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You might say, I've gone to church read the Bible, but you've never said, you come into my heart. You be the master of my life. Direct me in your word that I might follow these words and have the benefit of everything that you've promised me. Because every promise of God has its yes, and it's so be it in Christ Jesus. If that's you and you know that in your heart, we're going to pray together. Just pray this prayer from your heart. If you're watching, pray this prayer from your heart. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning, and I'm done doing life my way. I believe that you died for my sin, and that God raised you from the dead, that I might receive forgiveness and be justified. And so right now, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I thank you for forgiving my sin and giving me direction for a new life in relationship with you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer for the first time and you're in this room. Uh, there'll be altar workers up here. Just come and tell them that you prayed that prayer. They'd love to give you a gift of three little booklets, mini booklets that will help you. Uh, on your journey uh, from this point in living with God, serving God every day of your life, enjoying the blessings of God as a child of God. They're just little informational booklets. If you're watching, you can go onto the website, share your story, tell us that you received Jesus Christ, and we'll get those uh, booklets into your hands. We just have one more family thing that we want to do. And uh, Jordan, why don't you come up here real quick?